0: Well, November's been a super strong month, both for equity and fixed income, with the Nasdaq up 10% year-to-date, and the 10-year coming off about 50 basis points from those recent highs. But after the US CPI prints, have markets got a bit overzealous with the level of rate cuts that are being priced in? Are we fair to say that we're going to be running short US dollar positions into year-end? And as sell-side banks and investment banks put out their 2024 outlooks, can traders get any informational advantage from this whatsoever? It's time to get in front of the charts, this is the trade-off. Well, hello, hello. My name is Chris Weston, Head of Research here at Pepstone and I'm going to be joined by two seconds, in two seconds, by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be looking at the charts. We're going to be looking at the key themes, the views, the movers and shakers that are going on in this crazy world of financial markets. Mr. Blake Morrow, would you step into the show? How, how goes it there, So, yeah, Slightly different background today. I think you call that a canal. That it is a
1: canal. And, you know, people look at that and they, they say, wow, that's pretty water. It's a canal, folks. Don't get too excited about
0: is that, it. Is that, is, that, is that far from your house? Uh, it's uh, just a few
1: miles from my house. That's in Old Town Scottsdale. It is, they, it's amazing what you can do with a cement canal and how pretty you can make it
0: look. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, well, how's, that? How, how's the markets trading you at the moment? Are you, uh, you guys uh, enjoying what, what you, the, the market conditions, the trading environment you're in at the moment? I, I
1: like it. Um, you know, I, I was able to capitalize on it at, earlier this week. Uh, I was long some sterling, basically short some dollars. Uh, you know, following CPI. Uh, but you know, today's uh, today's episode is really going to going to um, be more about what we should do now because it's it's great. And I and I got to point out, Chris, um, you asked if I'm enjoying the environment. You know, you have been sitting here for the last two weeks telling people, hey, you know. It's, things are turning bullish, and we've been talking about bullish setups. But now, as you pointed out, ten percent for the for 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 Nasdaq on the year. It's getting too hot. Is it too hot? What do you say? Yeah, what well, do you say, say here? T- I don't
0: know. Well, let's let's actually let's debate it. Let's go straight into the show actually because we can talk let's about this exact it. exact theme. Let's go into topical thunder. Well. <laughs> Well, let's bring it in. I mean, 10% month to date NASDAQ. I mean, I think mean, there was a, a time where it was up 10 out of 11 days. You know, we've got to a point where, you know, real rates are sort of consolidating after pulling back. Um, the 10 year drop 50 basis points from those highs. The reaction in the CPI print was pretty emphatic. I think it tells you a market that was short duration. Um, and, you know, I think they basically came out and said that it's done. Fed, you're over. You are. The, the the distribution now has has moved to one where it's you know extended hold and then cuts hikes are completely off the table. It's not going to happen. We shouldn't even be talking about them. And the market rejoiced. But you know has sentiment got too hot here, Blake? And and you know do you think that you probably take a little bit off the edge? Um, where's the where does the balance of risk lie for you across you know various markets? What well, you know my, what markets do you like as well?
1: All right. Well, first, first of all, like I said, I think it was um, the, the move was it was obviously very strong. And and um, we're going to be debating on, you know, what we should do from here. Um, the question that you ask, are you feeling it? I don't know if I'm feeling it. I can't say that I'm feeling it. I understand it. And I, and I tweeted something yesterday at the end of the day. I'm like, it, it just simply you can really understand the market poorly positioned. Everybody was expecting. You know uh, the the Fed was going to be a little bit more hawkish. The data is still going to be hot. You know, in, here in the U.S., we have Middle East conflict. You know, uh, there's there's going to be a meeting between between China and uh, or Pre- President Xi and Biden today. Matter of fact, and you know, everybody was just kind of bearish the markets overall. And I think it was just positioning. And and then what goes back to FOMU, you, the the term that you I, I like to say coined, but I didn't have it you didn't coin but no. the fear the fear of, of of underperformance right and now you got everybody that was short they're underinvested. Uh, so i think positioning was just way out of whack created a massive squeeze thanks to the treasury and all these other you know other other events you know and the fomc then the cpi the tamer you know tamer than expected cpi i mean it was just by point one percent on pretty much all the readings so it's not like we we saw you know super deflationary numbers, which which should which would have elic- elicited a, a much bigger move, mm. but the question is, do you, do we chase these markets now? And and like I, like you said, you like you asked, you know, do, am I feeling it? Not necessarily. I I understand it, but what I want to do from here is a little bit different, and and I think yeah. we're going to be discussing that today.
0: I think um, yeah, the great thing about us as traders, relative to investment managers and active, specifically after active, because you bring up this this concept of FOMU. You know, for us, yeah, we we just we, we just gotta get we just gotta make money, right? We've got to protect protect our risk, get our position sizing correct and and try to grow the capital in, in, in our trading account. That's what we've got to do. But you know for, for active managers who are getting paid a performance fee, um, for beating a benchmark, I mean, how good is it that we don't have to do that? You know, if the Nasdaq's going up on very concentrated breath, and and right now we're actually seeing some rotation into financials that's working well. You know, short covering stocks, as uh, short high interest stocks have, have 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 seen some big short covering recently. Um, but you know, these guys. They, they, they can't have an opinion on the market. If it's going up and they're a couple of percentage points below, and they, they've just got to, they've got to chase it. And you know, they've got to be in the market and they've got to get the right stocks to outperform the benchmark. It's, it's why they get the big fees that they do. You know? and, and lucky for us, we don't have to do that. We just got to choose whether we want to be in it or not. But we don't have to outperform a benchmark.
1: We don't, and you're, you make a great point. And I, but I think for us as traders, understanding where the market's at right now, and that's that's the key. Right at this moment in time, the market is rallied. We've rallied ten percent off the lows in the S and P over the last three weeks. Do we chase the markets? But before we actually answer that question, let's go to let's go to the next uh, uh, topic. And I want to talk a little bit about rates. You know, you're the you're the in-house Pepperstone in-house rates specialist, but you know. The, this is it's it's a little crazy. I mean, I, I say, Aaron, I look at what rate expectations uh, are now. I mean, I understand. Okay, maybe the Fed will not raise rates, or at least they, they still are going to leave the door open, or whatever. But there there is a full percentage point of rate cuts being priced in next year. I, I and correct me if I'm wrong. Is it April or May? Ninety-two percent chance or ninety percent chance, right around there, of of the first rate cut like in the spring of next year that's only a few months away i mean in order for the fed to start cutting rates we actually have to have i mean inflation still not at 2% and economic data is going to have to be absolutely 100% atrocious and i don't know about you but we've got we got weekly unemployment claims tomorrow here in the us that's about as real time you know employment data as we can get here in the united states it's to, still supposed to be a paltry 220,000, uh, which is you know, a non-alarming number. So in order for the, the Fed to really start cutting rates in the next six months, we're going to have to see some a really nasty turn in the in the US economy. So have, my question to you, Chris, have rate expectations gone too far the other direction, the pendulum? Mark Chandler from Bannockburn, he called it the pendulum sw- swung. I, you know, it's swung really far in one direction. Is it swinging too far in the other direction now?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, the, it's the May contract there, which, which we were pricing in uh, 22 basis points, so about 90%. It was now, for, the May, for, for May next year, we're pricing in, what, um, 68% chance of a rate hike by that time. Yeah, so to, to, to get them cutting by 25 basis points in May – I don't necessarily think you'd have to see a really dark economic picture, but you'd have to have really strong confidence that we are seeing a cooling uh, of GDP, to but also a, a re-establishment in the trend in inflation towards target, and then they can take maybe a, a tweak. But I think it's still too early. Um, you know, I think I think rate cuts are a second half story, yeah, at a minimum, at, at on on the what we we're anticipating. You know, you go to June and we're pricing in 1.2 cuts for June. So, you know, it starts getting a bit aggressive around those kind of times. And, and I think, you know, is is the market saying we're going to get rate cuts because we're going to get a recession? These are recession bets that people are putting on. Or is it more that, yeah, look, they're, they're still going to contract their balance sheet. They're going to, you know, QT is still going to happen when when rate cuts happen. The Fed have made that known in the, in the July FOMC. That they would do this and concurrently, but they just want to take it out of a of a, of a highly restrictive territory um, because they've now got confidence that inflation's trading down to target and they don't need restrictive um, yeah fed funds and they're going to take it to a more neutral rate. I think the question is is what is a neutral rate? The Fed seem to think it's two and a half percent, but I think it's probably closer towards three and a half, maybe a little bit higher than that point. So yeah, I think that the the, the market is probably saying on balance that. We're going to have greater conviction that, that, that inflation is trending to target. They're going to be doing QT and balance sheet um, reduction. So maybe they don't need a restrictive territory, and we're going to get rate cuts um, to bring it to a more neutral equilibrium state. I think that, that's what I saying. Your, your, your other argument, of course, is, is how many people are in there betting of a recession and using um, yeah, the, the Fed funds or, or swaps market effectively as a hedge against that situation?
1: Yeah, it's a good point. Good point. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Well, I just, I just think, yeah, it's interesting. Apart from Australia and Japan, if you look at one year, one year forward rates in the market, there, there's quite aggressive easing expected. It's going to be the, one of the stories of 2024. Is, is are we going to get a recession in in, in these countries? But you know, are these rate, are central banks going to ease policy? I mean, in the UK, certainly in Europe, they're pricing in sort of three rate cuts next year. Um, in the UK, similar. So it's only Australia and New Zealand, which uh, Australia and Japan, that that's not the case. Interesting one. Anyway, let's go to that twenty twenty four outlook because I, think from a trading perspective, Blake, it's interesting. I was, I was talking to a colleague and he's like, "Well, are you going to put out um, a twenty twenty four outlook? Uh, you know, based on on your set of assumptions for the year?" And I said, "Well, I, I actually." Yeah, you know, i read all the, the Morgan Stanley's and your Goldman Sachs and your JP Morgan outlook for 2024 on a multi-asset basis and you know the economic trends and and for me Blake it's about their thought process and and how they get to that rather than blindly um, coming out yeah you know, we Mike wilson's got a, a, t- a price target of x because for me like that just creates biases which we don't want in trading it's it, and it's actually very much to your detriment but how how the, the logic of how they come to this you know how they see economics playing out how they um, you yeah, know the sort of event risks that could potentially get I I, I find that quite interesting uh, and the thesis to get there and and you know that can help me manage my risk a little bit better but you know price targets on yields or you know, where they where they see economics for me that just creates a bias and and you know we, we react as traders rather than actually try and hold on to something just because Morgan Stanley have said it's going to go to that it's so, I, I yeah, in terms of outlooks, there can be some informational advantage because you know, right now they're all producing them and yeah, the, the media are putting out their their forecasts and, and bearers fix. But for me, what we don't want to do as traders is is create bias and hold on to it because it creates emotional attachment. So, yeah, how do you see that? Well, um, first of all,
1: I, I look at research analysts and I look at their forecasts and it, usually it's them trying to make a name for themselves. and And for us as traders... It really is useless, and I have to agree with you. Understanding what they're seeing as the risks or the potential outcomes moving into next year is interesting reading for all of us, and I and I think it's worth reading as long as it doesn't allow you to cement some sort of bias in your in in your um, in your head on a day to day basis. I always like to have, I do have a bias. I always have a bias, and I and I try to have that always in the back ground of what I'm doing. But that's also I've got years and years and decades of experience of trading. So I don't let it necessarily influence what I'm doing intraday. Um, so or or even from a week to week basis. But I, I do I do like forecasts. I don't ever write them. Our, our company has never really done them because I I think they're you know, ultimately, it's just a more of a uh, it's, it's a it kind of a silly exercise for us to do it as traders. But I do find it interesting and I, well, I, I like for, to I read think, them. I think for but investors, I, like it's, I think it's quite that. important
0: because, you know, you know, for, for investors, one of the, the most important things, of course, is your expected returns. You know, it goes into the theoretical things like CAPM models and various sort of classic um yeah concepts in in finance but if you if you if you've got an assumption of your your expected return that can help you with your asset allocation so that that's where you'll go as a multi asset um portfolio manager but for traders like you and I I mean yeah I think the best thing and we talk about it every year is that in January expect the unexpected you know you've got everyone chasing into year end we get the calendar all these guys reset and it's just on and and how many Januaries do you see it just it just it just becomes crazy and and, and all these understandings of, of, of these feces of, of how 2024 gets blown out in the first week or so so it's not Upended. Upended. yeah yeah, yeah. it's anyway. interesting but hey i, I do think it's uh, it's
1: it's great um for it's great reading and it's great entertainment for those of us that are geek out on it so um <laughs> all right let's let's talk about um the last topic which i think this one i hold near and dear to my heart because of what we just witnessed this week we had these massive, massive, outsized moves that we saw yesterday, and the question is, uh, I like to ask: to chase or not to chase, Chris? And that is the You question, know, my 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 default answer is don't do it. Um, if a market's gone too far, in your view, you have to think about where you know, like when I buy and sell stuff, whether it's you know, I'm uh, buying buying or selling like a, a product or a, you know a a a, 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 a watch or, you know, an automobile or currencies or markets just in general. I think about where things were just moments ago and where they're at now. And so if I'm if the S&P has just rallied 10 percent in three weeks, I realize I'm paying a 10 percent premium versus somebody that was buying s and a much smarter price, smarter price than me three weeks ago. Am I willing to pay that premium in this environment? And that's when I start asking those types of questions. So uh, I do that with currencies. I do that with equities and that gets me and, and it prevents me from chasing. Do I miss trades? Sure I do. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been in situations where I'm like, I'm not buying it. And it just continues to run higher. That's okay. Trades are like buses. If you're waiting at a bus stop, there's going to be another one coming by. Don't worry about it. But I don't like to chase. So what's your default in a situation like what we've seen today? You know, do you counter trend or or over the last couple of days, do you counter trend? Do you trade in the direction? Do you believe this, 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 you know, this move is going to continue?
0: What are your thoughts on, on this idea? I mean, I I, I think I wouldn't counter trend. I don't like to step in front of this, to be honest. I mean, there are ways people do it very successfully. Indeed, Um, probably more from a sort of mean reversion sort of standpoint, rather than just say, oh, this is, this has gone too far. You've got to look a bit more sort of statistical using just what yeah using various measures to get that, that. That, that point of maximum stretchness. Yeah, I like to buy into this, to be honest. I like to buy into into weakness. I think that you know, gives us an opportunity. Look, I mean we take take the you know classic momentum. You know, for me, I subscribe to momentum. I like to buy what's strong, sell what's weak. And I think, you know, the the the, the tech trade is is very much that. So you know the best momentum indicator you can have is a rate of change. Just to stick it on a two day rate of change. That tells you um, the vector that is um, and and I like that. So yeah, I think when this kicks up You know you go along for the ride um and just hope that you know the active guys are going to push you up there and you've obviously got the the zero dte guys who are who are are causing that as well and in terms of flows so yeah i like to i like to buy into that trend swing trading whatever you want to call it um but yeah for for me breakouts are good and anything going up i want to do so i think this year it's going to be growth it's going to be momentum which carries you carries you to the end of the year um and Nvidia, I think, is an interesting one. You know, they've obviously got such a, a decent weight on the Nasdaq. Um, they report next week, so yeah. If you look at the implied volatility in, in Nvidia, it's kind of seven point eight percent. So the market's expecting big movement up or down. And so you know, if we get a good a set of earnings, and like, you've got a CEO there who knows how to how to please investors. I know, you know, He just he is a he's a he's a guy who just. Hits the market sweet spot every single time. He knows what, what works. You know whether it's AI or various other factors. He just hits the market at the right time and uh, offers value to shareholders. So we'll see what happens there. But if Nvidia go, yeah, the Nasdaq would take another leg up. But um, yeah, look, we've, we've run a long t- run a long time. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise Blake now to see a bit of consolidation here. Um, we'll see what happens with rates markets as well. But uh, yeah, I, I prefer to, I prefer to chase um, using a more sort of momentum strategy, if you will. There we go. Anyway, let's go into the charts that matter. Let's go into that's sort the of setup. All right, I'm going to bring up the old classic Mr. Euro-dollar. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really, like, through November, Blake, it's really just been a, set, a case of just, you know, sell the US dollar and, and just buy whatever you want to buy, whether it's Mexican pesos, whether it's Aussie, Stocky's been the place to be, you know. The, the Swedish krona has just absolutely gone for it. <laughs> Maybe you can speak to that, but you know the stocky's been good. You know, going to Latam, we've seen some huge moves in the CLP and and, and uh, you know, some of the sort of less liquid um, uh, currencies there. But uh, you know, you've, you've, it's really just been a case of yeah, what do you want to what do you want to buy against the US dollar? And you know, Euro dollar's been obviously well traded, and you saw that big move up. Um, that breakout, but we've come, we've come back to, to test former trend resistance. Um, we came into the 38% retracement level of that that that, that recent sell-off that we saw, um, and it's just sort of just hovering and consolidating around that level. Um, you know, I I actually want to sell it a little bit higher structurally. I know that's sort of going against that sort of momentum thesis, but that's more sort of a fundamental view there. Um, how are you trading the euro dollar there, Blake?
1: You know, that's a great question. Uh, one, one of my setups for, for this week was actually to short the Euro around these levels. And so I have initiated some shorts in the Euro because this is where I wanted to be involved on the short side. Um, do I think there's a little bit of upside uh, in the Euro? Perhaps, uh, I, I, you know, I think that, that we might be able to probe 109 and I think dips down to 108 are gonna be supported near term. But, you know, tomorrow, as, as I pointed out, and this is gonna be uh, obviously after the show has been aired, um, we're going to have weekly unemployment claims uh, here in the U.S. And we also have, uh, you know, some some other data that's going to be out at the same time. And I believe that that data is going to continue to show, you know, signs of strength. And if that's the case, the euro dollar is probably going to be trading back below 108 again. So it's interesting how you pointed out the underside of that trend line being tested. If you if you take the dollar index, we're te- we're testing that inversely. Around the 104 level. And so as long as the dollar index remains above 104, which is above the 200
0: DMA, I still believe that the the, the dollar is a buy on dip story right now. I'll tell you what. So next week we got it's, it's a very light week in terms of data next week. But the, the, the ones that stand out for this pair is we're going to get pre, preliminary um, yeah, S&P global manufacturing numbers and, and service numbers, PMI data, Um, in the eurozone and also in the us and that matters you know this data point does matter certainly the service numbers this is the first print um so you know we'll see what happens there because uh, you know this we could see a resurfacing of us exceptionalism coming through that that pushes there but the other factor is um you know we don't get proper like big data in the us now until december so you know you're going to get Payroll has come out on the on the ninth of, of December. We get the US CPI number on the thirteenth of September. Uh, sorry, December. Um, so we're going to get these these data points, these growth data points. But the big one, you know, they don't come for a while. So that, that, that's an impetus. But I think going into twenty twenty four, that rate of change on balance sheets, whether it's the Fed or the ECBs, yeah, you know, that that favours the US dollar strength. So we'll see what happens there
1: all right well we're going to stay in the euro world and let's move over to uh my first setup which is going to be the euro sterling and uh, you know it's interesting um i i saw the euro sterling back off the uh the eighty seven fifty level yesterday pretty aggressively almost set up like what i would think is a double top but because it's been bought so aggressively on dips it looks like we're setting up a bullish wedge now bullish wedge means that there's a higher probability of us breaking higher than lower doesn't mean it can't break lower but if I had to put numbers on it, and I always tell people I'm not a statistician, with all the charts that I've seen in you know decades worth of looking at charts, I would say that there's probably a 65 to 70 percent chance of an upside breakout, and a 30 to 35 percent chance of a downside breakout. But we have UK data coming in early Friday morning, which is going to be retail sales uh, out of the UK. Um, the data. Out of the UK this week has been somewhat mixed. I think we saw, a, you know, a, a tick down in CPI, but a tick up in PPI. Uh, the, the average hourly earnings, I believe, was a little hotter than expected. But if that retail sales is a miss and you, and you see that as a miss, you know, going into early next week, we could push right above here and, and make a break for the 88 pence level, which is the 618 retracement. Um, I, and then, then it takes us right into the PMIs. But what do you think about this Euro Sterling here as, as we consolidate in this wedge?
0: Yeah, I think those PMI numbers are going to be dictate because, again, you know, you've got a, a situation where the rates market, swaps market, has, has said, you know, both central banks are done. There's going to be, yeah, you know, we're not pricing anything for for either central bank, and the next move is going to be is going to be down, but it won't be until sort of mid next year. Um, I think it's those service PMI numbers next week, which which we get both in the UK and Euro, which is going to be your fundamental driver, and that will cause potentially, a, you, know, a, uh, you know, a difference in the trend. We'll have to see what happens there. But yeah, which way does it go? I love I love the way that you're thinking in terms of distributions. Where does it come? And you're assigning a probability. That's yeah, you know, how the options market works. That's how we should be thinking about, you know, um, yeah, the, the 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 path of least resistance. And I think you're right. I think, I think if, if, if I was to do that, I'd say that, that your probabilities are probably on the money. Um, I favor this to the upside, just because of the flow is capital, but we'll have to see. You know, Positioning's obviously another thing. The, the world's obviously pretty short of sterling at the moment, as they are Euros, so that's another factor. But yeah, I like this to the upside, um, but yeah, I think your probabilities are, are spot on there. Another one which uh, which we bring in, let's bring in Sol, because I know there's a, a few crypto heads in the room. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about expected returns. Well, you know, crypto has changed people's expected returns, you know, going from 8% a year where you're going to get <clears throat> your super to one where you can get 8% in a day, um, you know, quite easily or 50% in a month, um, maybe more. But, you know, Solana's an interesting one because they're caught up in the whole sort of FTX situation where they're, you know, they're selling, um, you know, the coins effectively, but the stocks or the, the, the you know, the, Solana still had a massive move. In fact, I think since twelfth um, of October, despite people you know, looking at this this sell down of coins um, from FTX into the market, um, you know they're up two hundred and twelve percent or so from from yeah, mid October, which is a staggering move. Obviously, um, you know, and, and I think it's caught a few people off guard. So, you know, we're talking about this this idea of chasing. I mean, well, you know, when we talk about FOMO. There is no asset class, if we want to call it that, um, that exudes FOMO better than, than, than the crypto space and certainly in the altcoins here. So, you know, Kathy Wood came out with a, a, a pretty compelling reason why why she's buying Solana at the moment, why she thinks it's going out, you to know, outperform. And I think mean, maybe that's caused some additional buying playing three. But this is hot right now, Blake. Really, really, really hot. I and mean, I quite fancy this going higher here. What do you think?
1: i mean it looks it looks great i mean the 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 thing is i was looking at where like the 38 percent retracement comes in uh i mean that it seems to me uh, you know and and i'm not a i'm not i'm not a crypto head um but it it, it looks like we have further upside where where are we trading right now at
0: 65 65 yeah but yeah. i mean if you if the interesting thing if you actually i've I've taken it into a short term chart where we've obviously gone from about 20 bucks to um to 65 but if you take a, yeah. a longer term chart you can see when this goes, it can be incredible. Of course, what we saw last, you know, a couple of years ago was this 88% collapse. But you know, this when you actually look at it on a longer term chart, you've got this big move down, and, and this move that you see here is just like a little blip, effectively. So, yeah, when this yeah. Thing goes, it can, it can, it can rip.
1: And the 100, 100, 105 levels, the 38% retracement based on the chart that I'm looking at in front of me. And and you got this so much momentum behind crypto right now with Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, both that look very constructive. Why can't Solana, you know, continue to rally? I I, I have to say though, if you if you are trading this, you just got to manage your downside. You know, you don't want to obviously uh, going the opposite direction because just as fast as they can go up, they can obviously reverse too. Well, if you're chasing,
0: if if you're chasing, you got to be prepared to cut cut it pretty quickly. I think because. You know, it can it can go down in that situation. You just don't blindly hold it. I think Bitcoin. We talked about it last week. Um, you know, and then that's held up pretty well. And and you know, I think we go back through thirty eight thousand. I think we we make new highs. And and obviously, yeah. Whilst the um, the spot ETF seems to have been delayed a little bit, I think there's a yeah. The Bloomberg uh, analyst who's been on the money has coined a ninety percent probability that's going to happen. So I think that's how much of that's in the price, but. um yeah, I still I still like this scene higher at the moment. I think Bitcoin goes higher. Sell
1: the um, news, sell the news, Chris. Sell the news. Yeah. Buy the rumor, sell the news. That's it, <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's uh, take it to 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 my next setup, my second setup, which is Amazon. So, you know, do you guys have Amazon in Melbourne?
0: Wait, are you joking?
1: <laughs> yes, no, I'm not do. joking. I don't know. No, do, I do. have yeah, no yeah, idea. Yeah, Amazon's do. everywhere, and, right? And we go,
0: and we've got canals yeah. as well. You
1: do? You have canals? Hey, uh, look, look, I, I, I love Amazon as a McDonald's. retailer. I do. I, I, get, I get so many packages throughout the course of the week from Amazon. But what's interesting is we're trading around the 618 retracement. We we, we put in almost a bearish outside day. One of my colleagues brought this up to me today uh, from Forex Analytics, and I'm like, holy cow, the, the fact that we couldn't take out that 618 retracement, the fact that we closed lower and have a bearish outside day, I think while Amazon trades below 148, you got to look on the short side. And if you want to stick it to Bezos, this is the way to stick it to Bezos. You know where your risk is. <laughs> and, uh, and look, if you think the market's gone a little too far, a little too fast, you have stocks like Amazon that might take the lead uh, if we get some sort of retracement. But uh. <laughs> I have to also point out that if you look at a weekly candle, it's setting up potentially if we close on the lows for the week, keep that in mind. We'd have a gravestone doji. So, Ooh. what do you think about Amazon here?
0: Well, I'll stick it to Bezos. I'm going to show him. I'll short touch. Send it to Bezos. I think he'll be gutted. I think he'd definitely think that he'd been stuck it to. So, we'll <laughs> see. I don't know. Look, I think it's an interesting one. It's been so hot, and and the hedge funds love this one. They've, they've it's, a, it's a darling up there with Meta and you know Nvidia and other other places. So, you know, this is one that is is, is well owned. Um, but I, I think if you're looking at candidates which are going to be uh, useful to, for the chase into year end. Well, Amazon is going to be one of those that that would definitely get the, get the attention if we are going to see it happen. But that price action is quite interesting. I, I I didn't see the news, but uh, yeah, it does seem that there's a bit of supply, a bit of offload coming into that one. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll see. Do we get that follow for reselling, which could encourage a few people, a hot market, an overown market, just to take a little bit more off the off the table and come down to that sort of orange moving average. So we'll see. Um, I'm not going to short it myself, but uh, yeah, what we've seen there is just the start that a few people are just taking a little bit off the top. But as I say, you know, when when I'm looking at this idea about chasing into year end, <clears throat> and you know, there's still a bit of time. Obviously, you know, we, we, we sort of, that typical strong, really strong period comes in sort of December fifteenth, that kind of area. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. if we're going to see the market chase and use stocks, not just the you know, S and P and Nasdaq futures, Amazon's one that, that you're going to do. You're buying winners. What's worked this year? Amazon's work this year, Netflix as well, sorry um Meta's work this year and the work this year. These are going to be the candidates that people are going to chase into year end I think. So we'll see. Are you are you are you shorting them now Blake?
1: I'm thinking about it. I'm Ooh. I'm really really thinking about it right now, but I'm not short sure yet. So yeah. Bezos is but going to be But I, I have gutted. to say, you know, you- <laughs> You, you take, I know Chuck Pizos would be gutted. Oh, hopefully, he doesn't see the show or shut down uh, the Amazon um, cloud service on us today.
0: So uh, yeah. let's hope not. Yeah. So anyway, let's go to play of the Day to see what's on my mind. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try a cheeky China uh, trade uh, this week. What we've been seeing, if we have a look at the China H, which is uh, the H shares effectively. So this is a market that's out in Hong Kong, but it's, it's, there's a sort of a mixture between uh, Chinese mainland companies and Hong Kong companies. Um, and, you know, we've seen the PBOC adding like very, very strong levels of liquidity through the, the medium lending facility into the markets, into the capital markets. But, you know you 've got this two tier economy in china one which is the the, the 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 retailers are spending more now we 've seen that in the retail sales numbers um, but it 's the property space that that 's really concerned we saw measures yesterday to address that um, making cheap loans and liquidity available to property companies um, through the pledge supplementary facility and i think is that gonna is that the panacea? Absolutely not. But they want to just ring fence this and and slowly grind this and, and make it you know, re, you know, add some confidence into this area. But I think what we're seeing now is that we will see rate cuts this year. I think we're gonna see a reserve ratio cut. Um, they're doing good stimulus now, lots of liquidity. The market likes it. This is a very unloved market, a very under-owned um, and the moment that I start seeing inflows through the northbound connect, we saw some yesterday, um, then I think that would really incentivize people to be in these stocks. Ten cents come out, some fantastic earnings. I think that's going to be a good place to be as well. Um, I think if we're going to see a you know, melt up into year end, I think we're going to see it in in this market from an under-owned market. The other big issue is is obviously the the US dollar. There, there isn't a market which is more correlated, really, and benefits from a weaker US dollar um, than Hong Kong and also the hate shares and, and you know, the Chinese markets more broadly. That would encourage inflows into Chinese equities. Um, so, yeah, you are kind of at, mer- at the mercy of the US dollar a little bit with, with going long China. Um, but we've started to see early signs. I think this is a candidate that could do well going into year end. All right. Well, th-
1: uh, Chris, thanks for uh, for for pointing that out. My 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 play of the day is going to be the dollar max, and I'm actually looking to buy this dip. I, I do want to mention that the euro yen was my buy of the uh, my um, play of the day last week. It reached one sixty three forty as we were talking about. I, I already stepped into it on the short side. It is kind of going parabolic, which does concern me just a bit but I'm still in just a small position. Um, But the euro, uh, or excuse me, the dollar max, what you'll notice is it's trying to complete a double bot or a double top, which should extend us down to the 78% retracement the seventy-eight percent retracement comes in right around seventeen. Now, what I think is developing is a is a triangle consolidation. Uh, don't you know? Keep in mind that go is has changed its um, its its uh, program and it's reducing a lot of the liquidity it put in since uh, COVID. And so, what you're going to see is natural Mexican pesos selling as a result. So, I believe a dip down to seventeen. I'm going to be looking to be on the long side, but not long yet. But I am buying the dip. Uh, in this pair, um, because I think once the double top is done and the 78% retracement is tested, you're going to see my bid
0: down there, right around 17, Chris, and that's going to be my play of the day. And we short, short um, Amazon, oh. use the profits there to buy dollar mex and uh, sail off into the sunset. Happy man. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> anyway, to all you viewers, thank you very, very much indeed for sticking around. I hope that you've uh, you've got something from the show. Um, let us know how you're seeing the world, the, the, the sort of setups on your radar. Um, yeah, we, we do really like to see those. And, and if you want to sort of you know, jump in with any kind of trade ideas that, 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 you, that you really fancy, um, we'd, we'd love to, to entertain those as well. It'd be good to see. Anyway, thank you very much. And we'll see you back next week for more of the trade-off.